about a month or so ago was that there are some, um, some nursing homes and, and retirement facilities that are still like sh- locked down to the tune that the residences, residences, residents are, <laughs> got to learn to speak again. Um, we always had the p- ability to pause and just retake if I said a, bad, a wrong or, or, or bad words, but, uh, so I have to be careful this morning. But the residents in these facilities are still um, maybe even locked in, you know, down in their room, un- unable to leave and, and socialize with those even within the facility. And so there's one specific one that we were made aware of that this is the case, and we believe it's still the case. So we want to try to gather activities and, and crafts and puzzles and things that we can give to the facility so that the, the people um, that are still on lockdown have something to do other than watch TV or, or stare at the walls. So, so here's what that means. If, if you can gather some craft material, stuff that older people would be you know, comfortable and able to use, if you have puzzles at your house that are, are one, they could be opened and used, but they have to, you have to have all the pieces there, okay? We don't want to like play tricks on people. <laughs> you have to have all the pieces and they have to be, um, you know, obviously uh, user-friendly and, and in good shape. But next Sunday, if you could bring that stuff in, we'll, and we'll put this on our social media as a reminder this week, if you could bring that in, we will then sanitize it and we will deliver it just to help bless a local um, retirement facility in this in this season. So if, if you're willing to do that, um, we, we, like I said, about a month ago, we put it out there um, for our life group leaders and stuff, and then just a lot of stuff hit us all at once, even though we weren't having services, but just a lot of things happened within within the lives of the, the staff and stuff, and it just got, it needed to be put on pause. So we want to we uh, make sure we fulfill that and do that. So um, coming back, you know, obviously for me, maybe not obvious, but the, the, the prayer was, God, what is it that we talk about first service back, you know? And, and that, was, that was something that started a conversation back almost 15 weeks ago. You know, we've had 15 weeks of online service, and, and I read this article that was, was written just a few days after Governor Holcomb put the restrictions on that caused us to have to shut down, and, and actually just after he, he gave us our first phase of stay-at-home order. And there was this article that, that started to talk about coronavirus, and it was written to pastors and leaders about just how to move through that, how to prepare, how things were going to be different. And it, and it equated it to um, a, a winter storm, a blizzard, the season of winter, and then the, an, an ice age. And so for me, it, it made sense in, this, in the idea that, you know, if we have a winter storm coming and we know this storm's coming, I get a little bit excited to know, hey, we're going we're gonna to buckle down, we're going to put the fire on, we're going to look out the window, watch the snowfall, ride it out, and then we're going to, you know, go back to life as normal. But the article suggested that it wasn't going to be a storm, that prepare for a blizzard. Well, a blizzard, you, you, you stockpile a little bit more, you know you're going to be locked up a little bit more. The article said, don't worry about the blizzard. Think about it in the light of winter. And winter says you prepare for this long season of, of, of just cold and dark. And, you know, because we had just come out of winter when, when you know, uh, March, when everything happened, it was, it was um, clear to me what winter felt like. But, but then the article went further on to say, really, you need to think about it in the light of a mini ice age. And a mini ice age changes everything. Nothing comes back to normal, and it lasts a long time. And the talk at the time of the article was, prepare for 12 to 18 months of, of life different 
than what we know it. And then when we come back, life, life is not the same. And, and for all of us, I think it's very clear that life just isn't the same. The way we're sitting this morning, the, the things we have strapped to our faces, the fact that we had to pull out these wood chairs that we promised we would never have to sit on again is, is evidence that life just isn't normal and, and it's not going to be normal. And what I just believed I wanted to remind us as, as Branches Vineyard Church is the, is the first, the, the main thing that we, we rest on as a church and as Vineyard as a movement is that we are a people of the kingdom of God. You see that? We are a people of the kingdom of God. It's, it's our main core value. If you've ever been a first-timer here, which every one of you have been a first-timer, you got a bag and you got a booklet. And in that booklet, it talks about the core values of Vineyard. And it says, we are a people of the kingdom of God. That's our overlying statement. And then it say, says, who? Um, and then there's all these little sub, subcategories. Who partner with the works of the Holy Spirit? Who, who, you know, and it goes on to list all these things. But the ultimate... Um, overlying statement of us as, as Branches Vineyard Church is we are a people of the kingdom of God. And if I asked you, hey, what does that mean to be a people of the kingdom of God? We may get a little bit confused about that. We've talked about the kingdom of God. We've explored the kingdom of God. We've looked at different ideas and what Jesus talked about with the kingdom of God, but we still kind of struggle to articulate what it means to be a person of the kingdom of God. And I just want to lay out real quickly two basic beginning points of what it means to be a people of the kingdom of God. The first is that we submit to a king, and that's Jesus. That we submit our hearts, our lives, our wills, our desires to King Jesus. And we don't submit our lives and hearts and wills and desires to any other kingdom or anything else other than King Jesus. If you are a person of the kingdom of God, your day-to-day commitment, your day-to-day submission is to Jesus, to his will, and to his movement in your life. And then secondly, which is maybe more, more difficult that we do, is that, that we live as Christ is ruling now, which he is. We know he is, but we also know that there's this tension between the rulers and the principalities of this world. Rulers and principalities physical, rulers and principalities in the spirit. And so we, we live as Christ is the king now, and we live and do the things that Jesus did. And that means praying for the sick. That means fighting for equality for people. That means seeing the oppressed set free. That means, and you could just keep ticking off the things that our world tends to struggle with, but those are the things of the kingdom of God. And we, we step into that and we do the stuff that Jesus did. And when we make this constant conscious decision to be people of the kingdom of God, here's the exciting thing as we just sung about. It frees us from being caught up, hooked, enslaved to the principalities and the rulers and the kingdoms of this world. Because we can say, no, I'm a member of the kingdom of God and Christ is my king who is number one in my life and I follow him and I submit to him. So that's just kind of a kind of a brief rundown of what it means to be people of the kingdom of God. And, and ultimately, it's what I want you to rest in this morning over just the next few minutes, because what I'm going to talk about may push some buttons for some of us. I think it probably is going to push some buttons for all of us. And I want you just to rest and know I'm a person of the kingdom of God. And if, if you are a person of the kingdom of God, the buttons may not get pushed 
so hard. So, so really, I believe God directed me to the scripture in Joshua chapter 5, and I'll, I'll give you the setup. The setup is, is um, Moses has died. The people are resting at the, uh, in the Acacia Forest or Acacia Grove, waiting to cross the Jordan, entering into the promised land, and Joshua becomes the appointed leader to do that. And so they, they've, you know, at, at the point of this scripture in chapter 5, they sent out the they the Jordan, they're camped out waiting, and they're ultimately waiting to go and attack Jericho and take over, take over the, the land and enter into this place that's flowing with milk and honey as they were... Here's what takes place as they're getting ready to go into battle. Chapter 5, verse 13, it says, When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with his sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? And the, the guy said, Neither one. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua felt with, um, with his face to the ground in reverence. And he says, I am... I am at your command. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. So here's the, here's, here's the, the, the thing. Joshua is preparing for war. When, this, when it says this guy um, was standing with his sword in his hand, there's only one reason for his sword to be in his hand, and that was to begin battle, to fight. He wasn't just polishing it or just flipping it or practicing how he was going to toss it. He was standing ready to fight. So Joshua walks up to him and, and naturally says, are you, are you on my side? Are you on my enemy's side? Which side are you on? And so over the past 16 weeks, um, I've just recognized that, um, that we have had two major events take place where we've had this front row seat, maybe this first in line opportunity to stand in unity as followers of Jesus, to lay aside some of our differences, our ideas, our perceived rights for the sake and the love of our neighbor, and to choose not to take a side. But unfortunately, I found that we have taken sides. And so this is what I believe, why I believe... Joshua's scripture was just simply because Joshua is asking a question that says, what side do you take? And so I, I think about it in this way that in the time that we have passed, there's been this magnifying glass that I have seen that has revealed the heart of the people in our world. The, the true the people in our world, the heart of the people. And it's revealed the heart of the people in our country. It's revealed the heart of the people in our community. It's revealed the heart of my friends and family and of the people of this church. And it's a heart that says, what side are you on? Pick a side because you're going to argue and and fight on that side. So when COVID first hit, here's what I saw. I saw we, we looked at it as this, this storm type setting. And and initially it's just seemed like what an opportunity. Everybody seems very united in our entire country that we're just going to buckle down for a couple weeks and we're going to see this thing pass and then we're going to go back to business as usual and we're all do our part and feel really good. But the storm passed and the blizzard lasted. And then the blizzard passed and winter of COVID set in and that's when I started seeing people become antsy 
and irritated and opinionated on the news, in social media, on, on, on radio, and anything I listened to, watched, or followed, somebody had an opinion. And, and, and the opinion, start, opinion started to create a division of, of, of what was happening in our world. You know, you saw the opinions. It's pandemic. It's control issue. It's the govern, government setting us up to, to essentially take over and lead us into communism, if you will. And then the, the other side was, no, it's not, don't, you know, it's, it, don't, be, don't be fearful, but, but, you know, we saw some people rise up with fear and doom and gloom that all's going to end, and we have to buckle down, and this and that. And I just started seeing that there was more and more division, and more and more odds, we were more and more at odds as people, even as followers of Jesus. And then the second wave of division hit when George Floyd was murdered. And this wave hit quick, and this wave hit instantly, and there was no need to ramp up because instantly kicked aside. And we had this about God, um, cops' lives matter. We have have our fight against whether we're going to, uh, you know, change the funding, defund police um, forces in the world. And then we all, of course, had our opinions about looting and rioting. And what an opportunity, people of God, to put all that aside because we are people of the kingdom of God and stand for unity and say, hey, if a people in our world say that they are oppressed, if a people say that they don't have the same rights, see that that is true, what an opportunity for the people of God to say, in God's kingdom, all are equal. In God's kingdom, the playing field is level. And so we will stand for the people who say that they are oppressed, who feel oppressed, who, who can show evidence of oppression, and we will fight for freedom in our world, in a country that says what we're free. But that's not what happened. What happened is we once again took sides, and with our opinions, our criticism, maybe even our excuses, we chose division over unity. And I want to tell you that that is not the kingdom of God. That is not what, what God would have us as people who say we are people of the kingdom of God to do or to, to step into or, or to, to even play in. Our place would be to say, no, we're, we're about God's kingdom. We're about equality. We're about unity. We're about submission. And this is what we do. And we ask God, what is it in our lives you want us to do? So here's what happens with Joshua. Joshua, he's, he's preparing for battle. He meets this guy with his sword drawn. And naturally, Joshua needs to know with this guy, are you my friend or my foe? And so Joshua asks a very important question in that time. He says, whose side are you on? And currently, we are doing the same thing. We are being asked the same thing. When we engage with people, we ask them, or they ask us, or through a couple little comments, we, have, we size them up to say, what side are you on? And, and we do that to know, are you, are you friend in my opinion? Are you foe in my opinion? Just, just recently, I was, um, I was on Facebook Marketplace, which I spend a lot of time on, looking at stuff I don't need to buy, and I found something I needed to buy. Had to have it. So my son and I jump in the car, drive up to, Fort, or to South Bend, and we meet the guy at his house, and we make the deal. And, and during the, the process of making the deal, I had to install like a cash app so I could actually pay the guy because I didn't bring any money with me. And so we're, we're sitting there taking care of that. And he simply says to me, <laughs> excuse me, he says, what do you think of all this COVID stuff? Well, 
based on the way he said it, I knew his position pretty quickly. But what he was asking me is, what side are you on? What's your opinion? And don't we all run into that on a daily basis? That's a new norm for us today is, hey, what do you think about this COVID stuff? What do you think about this mask stuff? What do you think about, what do you think about this social distancing stuff? What do you think about the lockdown stuff? Everybody has an opinion. Everybody's chosen their, their side. And, and then we give our side. And the soldier, here's what the soldier does when asked this, his side. He gives the correct answer. Instead of saying, I'm on your side, Joshua. I'm here for you because you're a man of God. Or I'm on their side because whatever. He says, I'm not on neither side. I'm, a, I'm on God's side. I'm on the kingdom of God's side. I'm walking down the middle with God. And that's what I want to challenge us this morning, to shift gears in our hearts, shift gears in our mind about COVID, about the, the social and, and equality that we are fighting for in our world today. What is God's heart in everything that takes place in our lives? And followers of Jesus, if we call ourselves that, if we say we're people of the kingdom of God, we, we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to do that. So, 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 Joshua asks this question, the soldier gives the right thing, and, and again, we are placed to, we are poised to have to give the same answer. And let me be real honest, and let me jump into uh, um, a topic I don't like talking about, and that's politics. It is my impression, you could argue with me, you could say it's right or wrong or not true, but um, that we are being asked to say, take a side based on our political position. So if we're Republican, if you're a Republican, you take a side based on what the Republican Party, what Donald Trump um, is saying, and you march with that. If you're a Democrat, you have your position, you take your side, and you, you're getting ready to wave your Biden flag. And, and based on those two sides, we are, say, we are being asked, what side are you on? And we're almost being forced to pick a side, and many of us have picked a side. And we haven't said... Oh, I'm not on either side. Or I lean towards one side, but that's not where my heart is. When that guy asked me that question, what do you think of all this COVID stuff? I have my opinions about COVID stuff. I will tell you right now, I hate wearing a mask. I can't imagine any of you are really excited to be wearing a mask right now. But I said to him, I said, you know, I really don't know about it all. And I use Terry McGrath as my number one excuse through all this. But I know a doctor and he actually is medically trained and I'm going to him and he's telling me these things. But I just said, I said, but I think my responsibility, and I wasn't trying to get preachy with the guy. It wasn't, it wasn't that, that point. But I said, my responsibility is to, is to submit to the, the people that we've voted in and appointed as our leaders of our land. And it's my responsibility to make sure that I do what I can to make sure that I am safe, my family's safe, and those that I come into contact with safe. And I, and I felt like that was a kingdom response that I gave that guy without getting all preachy and Christian-y to this guy. And so what we have to recognize is, and then this is where a button may be pushed for some of us because of what I see on the news and social media, is your Republican Party will never save and restore our land back to what you think is ideal. That was the sole responsibility of Jesus. The sole responsibility was to come and restore back all of creation to how God created it prior to sin. And so when we look to our political side for that, we are stepping in and we are choosing to say, I'm not in the kingdom of God, I'm in this side, or I'm on these things. Now, here's the thing. There are times when 
both political sides flow into the kingdom of God. And we see bits of the God's kingdom working in both of them. But there's times when it doesn't. And as people of God, we need to be recognized that sometimes we have to divorce ourselves from our political position in order to walk in our, in our, in our commitment to be a people of the kingdom of God. So Joshua asks this question, whose side are you on? The, the soldier gives, gives the answer. I'm on neither side. I'm on, I'm on the, 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 the side of, the, of God. And, and I want to say, if, if you're, even right now, if you're saying, I've always been in that position of being on the side of God, or right now, maybe just something I said, even though it might have poked you, you said, man, I have waved one way or the other, and I need to redirect and recommit to being a person of the kingdom of God. Then we need to ask the same question that Joshua asked. And the second question he asks is, what do you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do? Joshua instantly recognizes that he himself needs to align with the kingdom of God. He falls on his face in worship and he asks, what do you want me to do? And as a member of the kingdom of God, I think oftentimes we ask the wrong question. Instead of asking, what do you want me to do? We ask questions like, God, what is your will for my life? God, can you come and intervene into my life so my situation in life can flow out like it's supposed to be? Instead, we, we need to be asking the question, God, what is it you want me to do to align with what you have already um, um, willed for my life and what you are doing in this world? What is it you want me to do so that I step into what you're already doing, not asking God to step in to what... I want to do. So Joshua is right in the middle of seeing this fulfillment of God's promise to God's people to give them this land flowing with milk and honey. God was on the move and Joshua was consumed with preparing to go to battle against Jericho and capture the land. But what he needed to do was recognize that on God's side, there's a shift coming. There's a change coming. There's a different strategy than the side's the, one of the two sides that Joshua was facing, his side and the side of his, of his people. And as you read on in Joshua chapter 6, you, you, it's, it goes into that song we sung in Sunday school that Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, the walls came tumbling down, 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 and we flow into the final thing that I want to challenge us to, because if we are people that say, I'm on God's side, I'm on his kingdom side, and then we ask God, what is it you want me to do? then the the last thing we see Joshua do is that he did as he was told. He heard from God and he did exactly what God told him. Joshua had this battle strategy. He was going to go take these people and and capture the city and and bring God's people into the city. And God says, I'm going to shift up your military tactics here. Instead of barging in and just starting slashing and cutting and killing, here's what I want you to do take the ark and start this seven-day march around the city and, and make a bunch of noise. And on the seventh day, march around it seven times and then really scream out and then victory will be yours. Now, I'm not sure that in any military playbook, that's, a, that's an option. I'm not sure that, I mean, John, you're, you're in the military. Would that have ever been an option in the military to just beat drums and march around and scream and then that's going to be the victory? And Joshua but recognizes that God's plan is greater than the plan of this world, greater than his military plan. And he lays down his freedom. He lays down his rights. He lays down his will and what he thinks will work in order to follow what God told him to do. He did as he was told. 
Now for me, the, str- the struggle I have is, is flesh and sin and selfishness and personal desires. And I have to say, God, I need to submit all that to you, put you on the throne of my life so that I could be a person of your kingdom. And I need to then ask you, what is it that you want me to do? And then I need to be a person that does what he tells me to do, regardless of what is popular, what, regardless of maybe even my personal convictions and or my personal comforts. And that's the question I need to ask you guys this morning. As followers of Jesus, as branches, as people of God, are you a person of the kingdom of God? Are you willing to submit to, to Jesus? Are you willing to do what he asks you to do? And, and, and that might be a hard decision for some of us because we are so ingrained with a position outside of that. But it's the position that we as followers of Jesus are called to live in and to walk in. So would you stand with me? And I want to give you three, I call them hard questions today because I think they're hard questions because I think that they are, are questions that we can, we can flippantly answer, but I also think that if we're going to honestly answer them, we, we, they're going to be hard because it's going to take some adjustment. The first question is, whose side are you on? And that's the, the, the most important question. Have you committed to be a person of the kingdom of God? And, and you, you might have to do some work with God on that. You might have to do some confessing. You might have to do some repentance. You might have to do some adjustment to just ask God to transform your mind into being a person of his kingdom and not a person of this world. Secondly, what does God want you to do? You could ask God that. God, what is it you want me to do now that I'm making this commitment? And then the, the, probably the hardest thing is when you hear from God to obey what you, and do what you're told to do. Would you be willing to ask those three questions and really just really press into those and ask God to really reveal his heart to you on those things and be willing to submit to God in those things? And if you would, I just wonder if, if a shift would take place even within our culture here at Branches and within our city as we move out and love our neighbors. Here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to enter into this time we call ministry time, and it's our time to reflect on the message. It's our time to, to receive prayer for stuff going on in our lives. We don't take it lightly. We put this as one of our heaviest and main points of our service because we believe that God is working in the hearts of, of each one of us, and we want to create space so that you can engage with God. And we have people that will help and, 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 and sit, stand with you as you engage with God. Our prayer ministry team prayed um, during the week and before service. And here's some of the, the words that they got, that they just believe God, God gave um, to them. And even this morning during our pray, prayer time, uh, prayer time just for us. And so if any one of those um, relate to you, a multiple of them relate to you, would you be willing to, to receive prayer for that this morning? Would you be willing to, to just say, hey, God, I agree with what, what you showed somebody, and, and that's me. Here's how that's going to work. At the end of service, when we're dismissed after this song, then the ministry team will come up. We want to create that space where they can social distance and pray with you and not have the noise and the, and the chaos of the room. So um, we're going to pause on ministry of you coming forward right now. At the end of this last worship song, then you will have the opportunity to come up as the rest of us leave. And, um, and then we'll go out and let's put into practice our decisions to be people of the kingdom of God.